What have you got there, mate? Just a glass of wine. All right. How is it? It's all right, I guess. I mean, obviously, it's not really delicious, like a pint from Beer 52. Well, it's a good job that this episode of Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs is sponsored by Beer 52, the world's number one beer club. With Beer 52, you'll receive a case of beer every month featuring craft beers from all over the world, including Belgium, California, New Zealand and more. As well as getting eight free beers, you'll also receive the award-winning magazine Ferment, as well as a couple of different snacks. Perfect for a night in, or an innocent picnic in the park. For the last time, it was a picnic. You couldn't see the snacks. We had two different types of snacks. Best of all, you can pause or cancel your membership at any time, so you don't need to worry about the ombudsman coming to get you if you want to take a break from your membership. So seriously, what are you waiting for? If you want to get started with a free case of beer, head to beer52.com forward slash peep to access your first case for free. Eight beers, Beer 52. Eight. That's insane. All you need to do is pay the £5.95 for postage. And don't worry if you're not a fan of dark beers, there is a light option available. So that's beer52.com forward slash peep to get your first Beer 52 case for free. Poor me. Poor me. Pour me another glass from Beer 52. Cheers. Cheers. Hello and welcome to Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs, a podcast all about discussing and reviewing the British sitcom Peep Show. My name's Tom Harrison and I'm joined as always by Rob Graham. Hello. And we're still in our mid-series break, or rather end of series break, um, between uh, series seven and eight. And uh, we have another fantastic interview uh, lined up for you uh, after our Sophie Winkleman, aka Big Sue special, uh, last time out. And we are joined by the lovely Jim Howick, who you might know better as Gerard, sickly Gerard. Um, and it's, it's another funny one because this is something that we're sort of pulling out of the content bolt, isn't it, Rob? We've had this one in the bag for quite a while. Yeah, so before before Tom and I started recording today, I was looking back to when we spoke to him and it was sort of June and July. It was around the time we were pulling out interviews left, right and centre when we were almost doing an interview with a with a peep show uh, cast member every other week. It was it was crazy. But it seems it was the height of summer, real height of summer that we were recording. It was bang in the middle of lockdown. Um and I really had to go and listen back to some of the bits that we that we talked about with Jim because it was such a long time since since the conversation had happened but it was yet another uh interview that we've done that was was a real shock to get like there are certain members of the cast that we really aspired to to get there were really big names that we wanted obviously David and Robert being obvious ones uh Sophie Winkleman that you've now heard was another and I think Jim Jim Howick was was another one of those because he's gone on to such big things since Peep Show. He's one of those those stars who has gone on and Peep Show was his introduction into the acting world. And he's then gone on and absolutely smashed it with some of the other bits he's been in. Uh, a lot of our um, international lis- listeners will probably recognise him from uh, Netflix's uh, Sex Education. But he's been in Ghosts. He's been in Horrible Histories. Uh, he's really gone on to have quite a big sort of comedy career and a quite a broad spectrum of of comedy as well, which I think is which is telling of the sort of character or the sort of person that Jim is. But I think also the sort of sort of 
the characters that he can play because he plays such a certain type of character in Gerard that whenever I've seen him in the other shows that he's been in, it's, it's almost difficult to imagine him as somebody else who's not Gerard, but he does it so fantastically well. <laughs> yeah, I remember something about... Um, I think it's one of the people who made Breaking Bad said that, uh, that the creator said he deliberately chose comedy actors because if you can do comedy, you can do like basically anything else. And I do think there is something in that. If you can make people laugh and the people can then also like turn their hand to like, more serious acting and they have quite a, quite a, a great range... Um, so yeah, you're right. I think yeah, Gerard is obviously one. It's quite a niche character, but Jim has gone on to do yeah all of those different things, and they're yeah they're all quite different from each other. And Gerard's a really interesting character. Like we're not going to dive too much into the character of Gerard because we do that with Jim, and you can hear that in the interview. But he's one of those characters where you're not meant to like him in Peep Show. I know you're not really meant to like any of the characters in, in, in Peep Show. They've all sort of these, these flawed characters, but Gerard is meant to be the sort of antagonist to Mark. He is meant to be along with Jeff, the person that we are meant to dislike because Mark's meant to be our hero. And I think that makes him quite an interesting person to listen to. And the chat we had with Jim will hopefully um, show that the sort of playing a character that is meant to be the bad guy when he's such a weak bad guy in all aspects as well. He, in as, as Jeremy said, he had a weak everything to be fair, Dobbs. Like he, <laughs> he is just a weak sort of character, but the sort of character that Mark should really have got on with and they should have been best buddies Yes, absolutely. That's definitely something that I was really keen to talk to Jim about, and he had some quite interesting views on that as well. So, yeah, we'll save those for the chat. But I do think you're right. Gerard as a character, you're right, he is supposed to be sort of the the second antagonist after Jeff, and he's not like any <laughs> other antagonist in any other show um, that I think I've ever seen. So he's, he's definitely sort of a, a one-of-a-kind Um so yeah, it was really fun to speak to Jim about that because he had some interesting views because ultimately he's he was a huge Peep Show fan before he joined and Peep Show, um, as you said, Rob, was one of his like really quite early, like one of his first sort of proper breakout, you know, bigger gigs. Um, and yeah, he kind of couldn't believe his luck because he, he says it was one of his favourite shows and then he got to be on it. So um, it was fascinating to talk to him um, about it from that perspective as well. Yeah, and I think you're exactly right. He's probably the only member of the cast and certainly the only member of the cast that we've spoken to who seemed to be a fan of it and then got the chance to be in it. Like, he'd really watched lots of it before he was then in it. I know that I think Cara Horgan had said to us that she'd watched bits of it before she joined, but a lot of the actors that we've spoken to have sort of said, no, I, I didn't really know anything about it, and then... I've got the part, like I know Paul Clayton said that he got the part, so he went back and watched bits of it. Um, and Sophie Winkleman said that she hadn't hadn't watched any of it. So it's really nice that it's almost <laughs> it's almost the the sort of the dream for somebody who is an actor who also likes a particular show to then be part of it as well. Mm, yeah, totally. So speaking of, you know, Jim arriving on Peep Show, perhaps we should mention a few of details about Gerard and when he comes into Peep Show because it is rather um well it's about midway through isn't it um so we can talk with the reason we're releasing this episode you know we've had it in the 
our vault for a little while now and the reason we're releasing it now is because of course we're in episode uh, one of series eight is going to be Gerard's final appearance um, in the show and rather than wait until the end of series eight we thought oh we'll, we'll rather release it now um, but it, it feels a bit more fitting to, to do it now because we, we, we're talking, we, you know, we've been speaking about Gerard for quite a while now um, through these podcasts. Um, but at the time where we did the, the interview with him, um, I think he was probably only sort of just coming into his own. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. I hadn't really taken that into consideration. That I think the reason we tried to get Jim's interview in at the point that we did was because we were getting into series five, which is where Gerard really sorts to come into his come into his stride so Gerard's first episode is the conference episode um the the project Zeus episode as it's probably better known um where he is sort of Mark's gopher almost isn't he he's meant to be Mark's sort of helping hand with with the project Zeus project which obviously turns out to be an absolute nightmare and really sets the stall for I think Gerard's role within the show um he's then in there in patches in He's not in for the rest of series four, actually, is he? I don't think we see him again during series four. Um, but then once Mark and Dobby have started to sort of see a bit more of each other, we start to see a lot more of Gerard. So he's in intermittently in, in series six and then obviously a lot more uh, in series seven with the breakout of the Dobby club and and the sort of rivalry between and Mark and, and Dobby, which obviously culminates in the the infamous scene of him standing outside the, the bar watching watching mark and dobby and then yeah like you said um through all of the sort of the parties and stuff that that mark's having or the, all the parties the party that mark has uh where gerard is clearly not well he's back with the tube up his nose he's he's not doing great and then obviously like you said uh jeremy therapized series um eight episode one we see gerard very briefly he still manages to sort of sticks a knife into Mark and then departs this mortal world um, by the end of that first episode. So we don't see Gerard again after that. No, you see, it's just quite a strange one in that, yeah, normally you'd associate a, you know, a pretty big character, Gerard, certainly like for that, like you say, he becomes quite a, a much more prominent role like towards that series six and seven. So to kill off someone like that in the first episode of a series um, is quite unusual because that's quite a, you don't really expect you know, death in Peep Show. We've not really had any, you know, proper, like, big characters die. Um, So it kind of, you know, it kind of throws you for a loop a bit as a typical Peep Show fan going into, you know, a new series and, oh, hang on a minute, people are dropping dead. It's such an unusual thing to happen in the show. Um, I mean, you kind of, you can see it coming. You're not surprised that he, that he dies, but it's still, it's still an unusual uh, plot for for peep show yeah absolutely just out of curiosity how many episodes do you think gerard is in Ooh, okay so in one for series four one in series eight so that's two and then we've got five six and seven i reckon he's probably in about seven or eight episodes nine episodes nine okay which I can't tell whether that's more or less than I thought. <laughs> well, if you'd asked me 
and we hadn't have just been talking about this, I would have probably gone higher. But when you think, actually, yeah, Peep Show is only six episode series, and you know, talks about obviously he's only in one for series four, one in eight, and you think, oh yeah, hang on a minute, actually, I think we were we were always quite surprised when we talk about some of these characters um and there's people like johnson and stuff and you think oh johnson's that like, really prominent and then it's like, actually when you really like break it down he kind of dips in and out a bit and then has a really strong run and then he goes away a bit and comes back and you think yeah actually i mean there's only 54 episodes of the whole thing so no one you know can be in like a crazy amount it was interesting to find out that you know he was in that one episode in series four and then wasn't in it for a while and then was brought back and then sort of molded into this quite key character for a, a fairly lengthy run um so it's just yeah it's funny how those things sort of work out really i think it's something clearly testament to jim's performance in that one episode there is one of the you know one of the best episodes in the show's run i think that conference one and gerard certainly makes his mark in it so you you kind of think yeah we've got to bring him back somehow and they with the introduction of Dobby and that whole romance, you think, yeah, Gerard's actually sort of the perfect foil for Mark here. Let's get him in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And on that note, it would be a perfect time, I think, to bring Jim into the call. So here is about 45, 50 minutes with the fantastic Jim Howick. Cool. So thanks so much for joining us today, Jim. It's really a, pr- a pleasure to speak to you. It's my pleasure to be here. So um, Digitally. For- <laughs> so sort of talking all things peep show with you today what was your experience of peep show before obviously because gerard doesn't come into it until sort of halfway through um what was your experience of it beforehand well it was one of my favorite shows before i was in it which is um a, a rare thing i think um so i was in series four so yeah i mean i was a kind of a i was just i just graduated so i was still essentially living a sort of student life um you know staying up late doing bad things and playing playstation and <laughs> you know just kind of and peep show was uh was the perfect show i think it still is the perfect show for that kind of that sort of time you maybe your early 20s um when you're starting to make or, you, or you're starting to be in a position where you should be making more adult decisions. Uh, I think it really appeals to people that age. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me to get a part in my favourite show, what was my favourite show, was uh, amazing. The dream. Yeah, that's cool. And you seem to join at the, the right time of the show where it seemed to really begin to hit its stride. So that's something we've been discussing, how series three and four seem to be really where the show took off. Like, did it feel like at the time that you were joining something that was, you know, hitting its, you know, really getting going and like at a special point in its run? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think that I think certainly episodes in series three, I might be wrong, but I believe that's like the Rainbow Rhythms time. Um those are the episodes that people remember, I think, the Rainbow Rhythms and the, um, I mean, amongst others, of course, but certainly my favourites are from that time, uh, Magic Mushrooms and, um, <laughs> and and Rainbow Rhythms. But yeah, I was aware, I think, of, of how um, big the show was. I think when I, uh, Robert Popper produced the series that I uh, first appeared in Peep Show, he produced series four and... Um, uh, he called me in for an audition at Objective Productions and um, I was pretty nervous. I, I really wanted the job and 
everyone around me, my friends, uh, were really excited for me that I that I got a part in in this show. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm curious um, how certain roles are like advertised. So, what, what did you know? You say that Robert uh, Popper was the one that um, sort of brought you in. And um, like, what did you know about the character before you went in? Because Gerard is obviously quite um, quite unique in his his uh, his conditions and things. I just had the script, you know. Um, I, I don't even know if I had. To, I can't remember. It's such a long time ago. Forgive me, but uh, I believe I had the, the episode script. Um, I mean, and I don't know if this is true, and you'd have to ask uh, Sam and Jesse this, but I, I always believed that Gerald was a kind of one-off character, or began as a one-off character. Um, all I, the only information I had from the script was that he was a sort of kindly, sickly man um that was that was the only information i had going in and so i uh, the first scene that the scene that i used we used for the audition was the scene where we work in mark's home we all kind of go and work from mark's house and i start talking about the tube and that's the famous tube up his nose uh, scene uh where i'm introduced that was the scene we read for the audition um and it was only like three or four lines um, I think Robert had seen me previously in a in an Edinburgh show, um, and so uh, I think he kind of knew he'd seen some of the stuff I'd done with in sketch groups and things in Edinburgh, um, and that was that was all I really knew about the character was that it was just a funny moment and how was Mark going to deal with this um, this uh, <laughs> weird affliction? So obviously, when you started in there, was the plan always for you to be a long-term character? Because obviously, Gerard lasts for then four series. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I I'd like to think that it was partly um, down to uh, sort of my performance in that in that episode um, that Sam and Jesse kind of liked me and liked the character and thought it would be a funny love rival i mean looking bad at it back at it retrospectively it kind of makes sense but at the time i had we had absolutely no idea i had no idea i thought it was a one-off and that i was just lucky to sort of grace this show you know because i think he's actually gerard's mentioned before he's seen isn't he i think he is referenced in a previous episode oh right um, i didn't know that i didn't is it the same yeah. episode or oh, no the previous no episode? i think in my head it's, it might be it might be one of those sort of added extras or deleted scenes where johnson definitely talks about gerard in an episode way before you're involved yeah i think that's one of the extras when he's doing a, like a powerpoint or something like a conference call or something i think gerard's in the background like giving him notes and things it, it might be that it might be that um we we when we filmed the series we filmed we didn't film them chronologically we filmed them all chopped up so it might be that uh, a scene from a previous episode I may have already come in and done some work and the character may have already existed in the productions works yeah oh, okay that's cool um so obviously your your main your proper introduction is um one of I think the most famous or popular episodes uh, the the famous conference or Project Zeus um. What what was that like to jump in? You say you were a huge fan before you came in. Um, you spent a fair chunk of that episode in a, a strip club. So how was that? As a that was my first day on Peep Show. That was wow. my first day filming, <laughs> which was and uh, and you know it was early on in my career as well. I hadn't really worked an awful lot. Um, I'd done quite a few sketch shows and things, but this was my first kind of, uh, I suppose, um, filming day on a kind of big flagship comedy show 
and yeah, it was in a strip club in um, West London, in an industrial estate in sort of West, like Brent somewhere. And yeah, I was danced upon for <laughs> like nine hours or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got to know the girl. It was at first it was really awkward. Um, but yeah, she was uh, very nice. Uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's absolutely crazy. Um but yeah, that was my first day. And also what was weird about that day was that in the scene, um, I'm kind of separated from the rest of the group. I'm, the, the, you know, the joke is, is that Gerard's getting a dance on his own and, and Mark is watching from afar. And so I had to be there all day. I was always in sort of the background of, of this scene. And yeah, we were all, I mean, it was probably, it was weird for all of us, to be honest. Um, Neil Fitzmorris was there, of course, play, plays Neil and and a couple of other um, people who were in. Patterson was there. But yeah, it was literally me by the stage on my own all day with uh, this girl. I forget her name, I, which is bad. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have, had you ever worked with any of the other sort of cast members or, or had any sort of relationship with them before? I can imagine being in that sort of strip club environment, having met most of them and, and and sort of david mitchell and robert webb being quite established actors at that point must have been quite sort of a daunting experience <laughs> no i do you know what it was it, it probably made it it probably made things better or easier because i didn't know them and and i think that it it it's you know as deep ends go um it's it that was a that was an abyss as far as being thrown into a situation I think not knowing everyone and using that as a sort of bonding experience is a healthy sort of thing I I yeah no I hadn't worked with any of the guys before then and and was this your first time doing point of view stuff obviously people is quite unique in that respect yeah it's yeah. weird it's really weird because yeah I mean I I um I since worked with after uh, filming this this episode of peep show I worked went on to work with uh, Tristan Shapiro who who directed the first two series, I believe. And for those two series, they used a camera, a head cam thing, yeah. um, which they kind of scrapped because um, the, the, uh, it wasn't a, a particularly uh, good look. Or it, was, it didn't look very good. It wasn't particularly good, clear. So um, they were using camera for the first time. So it was kind of the first time for all of us. Oh, actually, no, that's not true because it was episode series three. So no, that's a lie. But for me, it was very hard to get to grips with that because it's the first rule of filming. You know, you don't look down the, the barrel and uh, and all of a sudden that's all you have to do. And also because if if the actor who was reading the line, so if, it's usually David. So if David was talking to me, he would be, if we could, if the room allowed, if the space allowed, he would be behind uh, Nick, who was our kind of stalwart cameraman. Um, but if he if he couldn't fit around the back of Nick, he would sort of be somewhere else in the room. And that was particularly hard to get to grips with. Um, I'm sure that the uh, I'm sure that uh, David and Rob got used to it pretty quick. But um, sort of coming in and doing sort of, you know, a few days here and there. You had to get your head around that. Sort of skipping forward a little bit, um, how were you told about the sort of the plot to kill off Gerard? How early were you told that it was going to happen? Um, I was told, I remember exactly where I was. I was in a, uh, uh, 
a Mexican restaurant with um, my then girlfriend and Oliver Maltman, an actor called Oliver Maltman. And I, uh, Phil Clark, the um, series producer or the exec producer, sorry, phoned me up and um, and told me that they were killing me off after the, uh, I think it was the first episode they were killing me off. Um, and uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was, yes, yeah, I was gutted. I understood. I kind of knew that if anyone was going to be killed off, it would be me. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, uh, I wasn't angry. I was, you know, um, I understood. But it was, yeah, it was, it was sad because it just meant that I wouldn't be in uh, in work as much. You know, I wouldn't be with them as much. It must have been a weird feeling to be basically the only character other than sort of side really minor characters that dies yeah i mean i don't know if it's because um they felt that it was close to coming to an end and they'd sort of so they would just they decided to kill off a kind of um sort of minor main character uh because you know they've sort of kept their powder dry in that respect but yeah i I, I, it, it just, it, I mean, I, it was kind of expected because of it, it was my character. It, it, it was, that's who he was. Um, but it, the only, for, for me, the only sadness came from not physically being able to see uh, my friends and um, and be on set. You know. The other thing that I imagine was quite weird was sort of seeing your, in inverted commas, own funeral being filmed. Was that an odd experience? <laughs> It was. It was strange for my parents. I think they used a picture of actually me. I don't think they used a picture of Gerard. I think they. I think like I was friends by that stage. I, Facebook was around, and uh, I was friends with a number of people in in the production. And I think they just used like a picture of me on the South Bank <laughs> or something, <laughs> which I think distressed my parents quite a bit. Wow, that's intense. It is quite intense. I mean, it's yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It was um, funny though. Yeah, looking looking back now, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, Peep Show was a show that wasn't. Um, I imagine like a lot of um, pre and post production. Some of the I remember particularly the episode where Mark is violently ill. They do a really good job of making him look ill. Did that? They, they put a lot of work. Like when you were, you know, suffering with that infamous flu, and there's that scene where Mark and Dobby come and visit you. Did they? Did they do a lot into that? Because I think they do a good job. Yeah, I just, I mean, you know, it was, um, I, I, it looks really effective. I'd say for a makeup artist, it was quite simple, really. They just kind of paled me up and then they added some, um, this stuff called glycerin, which is like a kind of, um, a kind of, I'm not sure if it's gelatin based or what, but it, it it's like an oil based stuff. It makes you look like you're sweating um, and, and doesn't uh, dry dry up so they put that on me and uh yeah and then i had to um i remember they had to i had to swallow a pill or had to take a pill in the scene and that was actually a smint and uh i think i had to do i had to eat about six smints in a in a row which uh make you go to the toilet (laughs) (laughs) they have sort of a laxative effect but luckily um everything was fine on the set uh but yeah don't eat six mints in a row <laughs> that's the lesson but yeah no i mean it was quite it was it, it was basically just yeah paled up and as far as i can remember yeah 
So Gerard, in terms of the character, is probably one of the closest things that Mark really has, other than Jeff, to an antagonist. Did it feel like when you were when you were playing it, like it was like you were playing an antagonist? Not really. No. I mean, I think the thing about Gerard is is that I think he is. Uh, in terms of status of characters, I think he is kind of the lowest of the low, really. Um, because I think Mark kind of, I think he has the upper hand mostly in their relationship. Um, he's certainly the senior as far as, as far as their relationships started out, he was the senior. Um, so I, I never really kind of saw it like that. I kind of, I think Gerard, would use Mark's geekiness against him. Um, he was aware that Mark kind of wasn't in, entirely comfortable um, with everyone knowing his geekiness, with everyone kind of showing his geekiness to the world. He, I think he knew that it was a kind of a, it hindered his, his love life, his love of toys and his, his love of um, sort of historical, tactical battle games and things um and gerard uh wasn't a sort of ashamed of that so i mean i don't know really i don't i don't think uh, i don't think um gerard sort of felt like he had the upper hand at any point i certainly didn't feel that way maybe i'm wrong i mean is, do, do you remember a moment where it felt that way well it's, it's a strange one really because i, I think mark seems to hang i watched um one of the episode uh last night where um mark and gerard go to the shop and get the the cyberman and the fdr doll and things and there's a moment where mark like internally comments about how he is several social ranks gerard senior but i i don't know if that is i guess it is the the case but i think there's a lot that actually kind of ties them together yeah i i, I believe that's true i think that, that mark always assumed that he was um um as as he said sort of several social ranks above gerard but i think yeah you're right the reality mark was only too aware of the reality of the situation but as far as their relationship out of mark's head i think gerard was um a sub a subordinate of him yeah it's quite funny i associate really like with with mark in that instance that i i wasn't sort of the, uh, uh, someone who was cool at school I'm not suggesting I'm cool now but like I wasn't somebody who was cool at school but I would be the first to shit on my non-cool mates if there was a chance of one of the cool people wanting to talk to me and I think that's very much like Mark doesn't want to admit that he's like when Jez walks into the room and Gerard and Mark are making all those sort of like pew pew noises with each other yeah. in, in Mark's bedroom yeah you just sort of go the second that's the, the cool person Jeremy in this instance comes in Mark's like, no, we, we weren't, we weren't, we weren't. Yeah, absolutely. This. That's the thing. I think that Gerard is m really comfortable uh, indulging himself in those kind of geeky uh, uh, world, that geeky world. You know, uh, that in fact, that scene, I think, is a good example of this um, because I believe, I can't really remember, I haven't watched it for a while, but it starts with me doing the doo -doo 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 noises and, yeah. and, and Mark saying something around the, like, so should we do that? Is that, should, we're grown men, should we be doing that? And uh, I think, I you know, what Gerard was aware of is that Mark, uh, there was a conflict within Mark, and that was sort of uh, what he loves to indulge in and what he should be doing, uh, how he should be impressing people and what his out, outward life should look like. 
I wonder though, like they seem to have quite similar interests. I think, like you say, when Gerald was, you know, making the the pinging noises and Mark was a little bit hesitant at first, but I think as the episode goes on, Mark does get a bit more into it. And then later they, there's a, a brief mention of how they're constructing a model ship together and they, they seem quite invested in it. Do you think maybe if Dobby hadn't been there, they would have, they'd have got along as pretty decent mates? I think so. I think that there would always be someone else that Mark would want to impress. And, uh, and we never really got to see that. So that's that sort of side of Gerard really. So Mark was, there was, there was just conflict everywhere, wasn't there? And it has to be what you want to do and what you don't want to do was completely subverted in many ways. You know, for example, Mark wants to play Cybermen in his bedroom, but, but he won't, he doesn't see it as sort of socially acceptable, but He's happy to actually go up a bungee jump crane when he doesn't want to do it. Yeah. And that was that was essentially the beauty of Peep Show, I think, was that we were acquainted with their certainly, well, uh, only David and Rob's inner monologue. And. And it was just so uh, candid and frank and um, self-contradictory. That's why I think people love it so much, because we were allowed into their world and uh, happy to see them thrown into these um, these situations. Yeah, very real. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting. Even before the idea of the monologue, you've got the scene where Mark, J- um, Dobby, and Gerard are all in the bedroom together playing the fancy Warquest game, and you think actually, when it suits Mark to try and get his leg over. <laughs> He's more than happy to be like, no, I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. Um, I'll, I'll do. I'll, yeah. I'll play that. I'll play that part to get the girl. Yeah. But then Mark was still out to impress. He still kind of considered himself to be a, um, a, 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 a what's the word? Um, a mature, sensible man. He'd listen to Radio Three, and wouldn't indulge in sort of things that perhaps other people his age were doing. Um, I think Mark was uh, very much concerned with the way he was perceived. Yeah, much very more, true. much much more than um, Dobby, or certainly much more than Dobby. Maybe much more than Gerard, but yeah, that was his problem. And what do you think that uh, Dobby sort of saw in Gerard in the first place? Because sort of one of the questions that one of our fans asked us to sort of put forward to you was about if Gerard had lived, would would you think he'd have got Dobby? Like, what do you think Dobby ever saw in him? Well, I just think maybe that's it. Maybe maybe that's the answer. Maybe uh, Dobby liked Gerard because he uh, was unashamed of, of in, uh, these things. Uh, fantasy fantasy role play and uh, live action role play. It felt like, certainly in those scenes that they're both involved in, that Gerard was... That was Gerard's kind. That was where Gerard's almost held a status of some kind uh, in those situations, and um, I, I think that uh, it's hard to answer because um, I don't know if we really got to know Gerard enough to answer the question. But um, she obviously saw an honesty. I think <laughs> a kindness. I don't know. Yeah, I think they are very, very similar in that respect. Like you say, yeah, him and Dobby. Um, but ultimately, that sort of, if you call it a conflict, um, between Mark and Gerard ends 
um, even with Gerard attempting to to play the long game. But um, obviously, his actual death is off screen, and I, I think always the general rule in TV and film is that if if you don't see a body, like they're not really dead. So yeah. <laughs> I kind of, if he could have had some sort of ploy to like fool everyone and i could imagine him maybe coming back stronger than ever like obi-wan kenobi be more powerful and uh oh yeah he'd love that he'd absolutely lap that up (laughs) yeah either sweep dobby off her feet or roll up to mark's next birthday with a model on his arm or so like if you could plot uh, an escape for gerard to escape his fate like what would you like to see what would i have liked to see yeah well, yeah, I mean, some 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 sort of homemade cryogenically f- um, freezing himself or something. I don't know in a chest freezer or I don't know some <laughs> sort of some sort of invention of some kind. Maybe upload his consciousness to a Cyberman. Yeah, that's yeah, well, that, there you go. yeah, exactly. Yeah, he'd upload his yeah, exactly. <laughs> he'd create some kind of AI. I, I yeah, I mean, and come back as a kind of glowing, all powerful figure he uh he's actually that's actually uh mentioned i think in the in the episode or a couple of episodes after he he dies and mark talks about even beyond the grave gerard can or something i can't remember the line uh, oh yeah he says he's shitting on him from heaven there you go. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so obviously like tom alluded to sort of they're, they're not being a body therefore there's no death like was there any ever suggestion that there might have been any sort of return for him in a in in a in a in like a dream or a flashback type type element it's not very peep show but was that ever was that ever mooted no i don't think so i mean um i i mean i may have asked phil that when he told me that he was going to die uh out of just sheer desperation (laughs) but i no i i i don't think so as you say i think it would have changed the tone of the show i think it would have been weird it would have you know the weird the thing about Peep Show is, I think, is that it's so uh, broad in its um, tone. You can you can have stories um, where they kill and eat a dog. Um, they meet someone on holiday and then kill and eat their dog, and it's so uh, unusual. And and uh, but it's dealt with in a in a with an absolute uh realness um it's it's what would you do that's the kind of question they pose you each time is what would you do in this situation um would you you'd have to try and bury it and dig a hole with your hands in the woods It, it it that's i think uh that's what's great about the show i think if you'd have had some sort of supernatural element like that i don't think it would have worked at all yeah and we talked to robert popper the other day actually about about the the idea of johnson being killed off um and you're right having the dog scene to a certain extent seems completely plausible completely realistic slight slightly on the far on, on the sort of far-fetched level but the idea of the idea of gerard coming back as a as a, as a like a hologram or as a flashback or or johnson killing himself just doesn't fit in with the with the with the line of the show really. no i mean the line of the show, really. you know johnson killing himself perhaps you know, I think that I, I think that something uh, black and uh, black uh, humor, I think, is, is is there in abundance. But I, I yeah, I just think that sort of a dream or um, 
a kind of a, something that doesn't operate in real time uh, would have been sort of against the grammar of the show, really. Like Mark's monologue just becoming Gerard's voice for a little while or something really trippy. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were certain rules. It's kind of funny because it was such a it was like an anarchic show in many ways because we dealt with, you know, people. You know, you know uh, best men pissing themselves over the guests and people eating dogs and um it was absurd in many ways but um but uh, yeah it was it was it was still kind of embedded in in uh, in a reality and going a bit more general now uh, just something that i've been thinking about more and more as we've been doing these podcasts is like what do you think about the show now sort of looking back because although it, it didn't end all that long ago um but what do you think about the the new wave of fans that seem to have arrived thanks to because now it's on netflix you seem to have this whole new generation of people who are who are getting involved with it mm. i mean i just think it's gonna it's one of those shows i think that would um just keep on attracting a, a new generations of fans i you know um it's it just speak it just has this knack of speaking to uh, a certain sort of demographic i guess a certain age and uh peep show fans are really passionate something i've noticed <laughs> they're kind of it's it's funny that they kind of they do um cover quite a broad church of of people so you've got like lots of i've got quite a few musician friends and um when i first met them it their first the first thing they said to me was oh you're gerard in peep show and 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 also at festivals and things i i get noticed a lot by peep show fans also peep show fans aren't afraid to shout like tube up his nose or something or <laughs> or gerard you know i think that i don't wonder if the, i do wonder if that's got something to do with the character and whether it's because i was sort of shat on by everyone um the public feel like they can do it too sometimes i don't know <laughs> yeah that's quite an interesting point I, I i it's 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 i think people adopt um the uh adopt the kind of network of relationships within the show and and then you know and then it becomes um it, it kind of seeps into reality i mean you know look matt is uh, a dj now you know he's doing um superhand sets as superhands so it kind of it kind of has escaped the show in many ways. Would you say that that's probably the thing you're still most recognised for now? Obviously, you've been on, you've been sort of, if, if I were to show your face to, to, to different groups of people, they would know you from different things. If I showed you to my nephews, they'd probably know you from Horrible Histories. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, things that, you know, since, uh, I mean, it, yeah, I would say probably Gerard is, is the thing. But it's a certain demographic. It's weird. Like, Horrible Histories is one of those things where everyone, you know, from all ages have seen you. But there's a specific um, age group and a kind of uh, fanaticism about this show. This show's created this these fans and um, they're really passionate. You know, there's groups everywhere and there's, you know, I get kind of pictures taken of me asleep on the tube and you know, it's, it's, <laughs> on. you know there's a rebellious nature towards it it's kind of a punky thing it's kind of a you know it's it's cool i think part of it is the fact that certainly through the actors that we've spoken to and and speaking to robert popper as well the people who were involved in it 
are big fans of the show and you seem to like if you if you throw a line at somebody and and we do a lot of it on twitter if you throw a line at a peep show cast member on twitter they will throw something back with complete relevance to the show you you see a lot of like matt matt king does a lot of it where he will tweet specific like superhands lines in 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 reference to things that have happened on the news i think that's what creates that buy-in for fans like us and obviously we're on the extreme of the fans in that we've we love it so much we've made a podcast about it um but that you've got interaction with fans on a on a, on a daily basis and we can go oh yeah do you know what jim howick's put this on on twitter as well he's remembering peep show matt king's done this it it, it just creates that buy-in for fans i think yeah totally we really enjoyed doing the show we really enjoyed being in it you know the read-throughs were amazing it, it, it was so much fun We'd have a big read through before we filmed each series and um, at Objective Productions. And, um, I, you know, I wasn't really involved. I probably was involved in perhaps three episodes a series. So for a lot of that read through, I would um, just be listening to the show. And it got to the point where if I was in, say, episode two and then episode five and six, uh, I'd have to stay um but i really want to go because i didn't want to to spoil it for myself um but they were hilarious I, honestly that there were we just we would just laugh so much during the read through it was sometimes it took a while to get through it <laughs> it's really funny it's really funny show really great scripts i think it's a test i think the fact that it's it's generating more and more fans uh is a testament to just how strong the writing is and obviously Sam and Jesse have gone on to 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 do um some amazing things and um and they are just so talented. Yeah, a lot of people that we've spoken to really do stress how much fun they had whilst working on it, which you don't you don't And know. also, you know, we had we had a great there was it was a great production, you know, Phil was was uh fantastic and uh Becky Martin who was the director She's just just really lovely and really fun and um we had a great time I remember we had an, a night shoot um which was kind of next it was weird it was next door to my uh my now wife my 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 mother and father-in-law's house it was in this kind of um it was the it was the new year's eve party so it was the scene where they come to gerard's uh party and uh, we filmed that all night at this uh, place in in West London in Ealing, and um, and Matt had a little um, had a little hip flask with him. <laughs> it was great. He was being he was being super actual super hands. It's really fun. <laughs> cool. Um, so going back slightly to one of my earlier questions, just around like Netflix and things and that new uh, new wave of fans. As a sort of follow up to that, like how how do you think the show? ages because while it only finished five years ago which which still feels recent to me but the start dates back about 17 years ago now which i think for quite a few shows can make them vulnerable to the the sort of harsh passage of time um but you were talking earlier about how it resonates with a particular you know age group um what what do you think about the age of the show i mean it's uh it's inevitable that uh, aspects of, uh, of of a show will 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 date or become um, 
it's hard to uh, find a kind of an aspect of Peep Show without knowing it in like like you guys do, where you kind of think, oh, is that allowed now? You know, there's the moment where, like, even the moment where Nancy kind of makes Rob black up and stuff. Mm. Um, his his feelings that we are privy to are that this is wrong. I don't think this is right, and we shouldn't be doing this. And that was probably 2000 and, uh, 2003 or something, maybe a bit earlier. Yeah, 2003. Yeah, so, 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 yeah, I mean, it, I think that there are aspects of it that will date, but um, you could say that about all the greats, all the comedy greats. And I think what's really great about Peep Show in that aspect is that there seems to be a, like a, a, a reference or a quote for every sort of situation. And we... Hmm anything that happens on the news you can sort of go oh like there's there's some form of internal monologue from from mark or jeremy that you can go yeah that's that quote fits into this situation the amount of them that have sort of flowed with uh sort of covid19 happening they just seem to be really on point all of the time i think that i think that is a big reason that it's it's carried on having that legacy but i think you are i mean there's so many quotes you know it's a rich it's a rich catalogue of quotes for isolation and dread um so it works very well with the current situation we find ourselves in i yeah i mean it's just this this rich in material so much great material so it's meme heaven you know yeah yeah and that that, that's what i've been spending my lockdown doing the fact that there's just there's so many situations and you know it's an episode of it's episode of the week kind of stories um with a kind of through narrative that runs throughout the the series that is referred to kind of now and again um it just creates a, such a rich catalogue of material and and certainly things that are you know you know you'll find that that uh, work with every kind of aspect of, of of life really i think you are right in that the there are certain lines as the, the 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 jeremy blacking up scene and there were several lines especially in that first couple of series that Tom picked up and just went, oh, there's a line where Mark in his internal monologue is talking about like splattered bodies everywhere and like, driving a car into a, into like a group of people. And you're just like, oh yeah, that like nowadays with, 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 with events that have happened and sort of terrorism being such a high profile thing now, there, there are bits of it where you go, yeah, that, that would, you wouldn't get away with that in comedy in 2020 that you, you did get away with. Well, yeah, I mean, it kind of, it, it, it just kind of, it, as I say, it became a sort of part of the tone of the show was that it was, there was a certain, um, uh, and very cleverly engineered sort of shock element to the show. Um, but because it was so well written and grounded in a reality of the context of the episode, um, it sort of, it, it, it was a really usually a really fun provided a really fun climax to that episode but yeah i mean as i say i mean you'll watch as, as, um, the office now um and there are elements of that that you wouldn't be able to do now and yeah and that's that's kind of the way it will always be i think support for podcast secrets of the pharaohs is brought to you by manscaped the best in men's below the waist grooming Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Europe. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code PEEP 
at manscaped.com. So why do you need Manscaped's lawnmower 4.0? Well, we've all got our own nightmare grooming stories about shaving our nether regions. Whether it's Nick's cuts and grazes or an unfortunate tale involving hair removal cream, it can seem like you're always a moment away from disaster. Not with the lawnmower 4.0. After using it myself, it really does make a massive difference. It's quick, easy to use, and most importantly, I felt safe while using it. With the Lawnmower 4.0, Manscaped have engineered the ultimate groin trimmer, with their advanced skin-safe technology making you confident to shave your boys. So, if you're like Mark and are worried about your testicles looking abnormal, the Lawnmower 4.0 can give you the confidence to do something about it and make your balls feel like a million dollars. So go on, start shaving your testicles like it's the most natural thing in the world and get 20% off and free shipping with the code PEEP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PEEP. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Um, one of our fans was asking, when... Uh... Uh, Gerard sits down when they go to the pub with Dobby and Simon and Mark all go together. Gerard sort of swings and sits down and he does what uh, this 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 lady has said the Riker maneuver from Star Trek. Was that something that was an intentional move on Gerard's part or on your part or was that just that just a happy coincidence? Yeah, I just probably did something that I thought was kind of funny. I didn't. I, I honestly <laughs> didn't. Uh, I think I was, I mean, that was a fun scene because that was, um, I believe, well, one of my, or my first or one of my first scenes with Matt Bainton, who I'd already started working on Horrible Histories with, who I'm still working with now, Ghost with. Um, and so we were already in a sort of situation where we'd do as much as we could to make each other laugh. But yeah, no, I just, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I just sort of thought it'd be quite funny and awkward and weird thing to do. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, we thought we'd finish up with uh, just a few quick fire ones with the last 10 or so minutes we've got, um, if that's all right. Um, we open up, uh, what's your favourite episode? It could be one that you're in or one that you're not. It's up to completely up to you. I think it's the, uh, I think it's, um well it's either rainbow rhythms or um rainbow rhythms or uh the wedding probably oh got mark's yeah, wedding you mean yeah mark's wedding yeah, yeah. cool favorite character um oh, jesus uh Probably super hands. Cool. And uh, if you could have played anyone else, who would you have liked to have a, a crack at? Um, Johnson, perhaps. Very different to Gerard. There, you could have had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> Johnson, I mean, you know, I mean, it's so hard. Super hands as well. I mean, would have. Been, I mean, you know, he's just in such a fantastic character. You're not the first person to say. Um... Robert Webb said Johnson as well. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Johnson would be really fun to play because he takes everything so sort of seriously. I think that's really fun to do. Um, but Superhands, I think, is the kind of the lifeblood of the show, really. He kind of is peep show in a human being. Yeah, what a great way to describe him. Um, so just to finish off, a two-part sort of two-part question. What's your favourite Gerard moment? Um... 
<laughs> well, there's a moment in... Okay, there's, this is a bit of trivia. So there's a moment in uh, the live a- a- action role play where I, uh, off camera, say, prepare a feast. <laughs> we, 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 we sleep here this night. Prepare a feast. <laughs> and that's, all, that's from Flash Gordon. Uh, prepare a feast is anyway. Um, Prince Baron says it. Uh, in Flash Gordon, I'm a bit of a Flash Gordon geek, uh, and um, and I thought that Gerard would be too, and so that's the sort of thing he would he would perhaps say. And I didn't expect them to keep it in because it's it's it was all done off camera and it was kind of like a little joke and it made Becky laugh and um, a few of the others, <laughs> but they kept it in. <laughs> but it was yeah, it was just an ad lib. That's a cool little yeah little Easter egg. I always tend to think of. Um the film role models at that moment there's a guy in there that takes it really seriously and it's all like you know like hail the realm and things like that and i always think of gerard would fit in nicely with that crowd i tried to get into it when i was a teenager but it was just a bit too not not the live action stuff but like the kind of warhammer stuff it was just a bit bit too slow for me a bit too much Oh, that's interesting, because one of the follow-up questions was, uh, what, what's the, the most Gerard thing that you've ever done in real life? Would it, oh, would it be that then? No, I mean, uh, I, there's loads. I mean, you know, I used, I, well, I built, I mean, I built, I built a birdhouse during this, uh, the, the, the lockdown. That's kind of Gerardy. I've got oh, these cool. headphones on right now. That's kind of Gerard. <laughs> I mean, there's certainly aspects of me that's very Gerard. Um, I'm into my history in a big way um i don't sort of play tactical battle games and stuff like that but i'm massively into escape from cold it's i got bought escape from cold it's for christmas and i'm really really into it so there are lots of there's lots of gerard about me cool. <laughs> i'm not i don't well i'm not ill touch wood i hope yeah. i'm not <laughs> cool uh anything else rob that you, that you want to add I think that's that's it on my list of quickfire. No, I think those are sort of all our questions. Was there, is there anything that sort of aside from the fact that we're in lockdown? Is there anything that's sort of coming up for you? Is there anything you want to sort of promote? Anything you want to let the fans know about? Um, yeah, well, I mean, Ghost Two. We finished. We were very very lucky to finish Ghosts Two. Um, uh, before we 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 kind of went into lockdown, we finished on March the nineteenth, and we were supposed to finish uh, the day bef- the day after. So. We were extremely lucky to get it all in the can, and that's coming out. I believe that will come out sort of beginning of autumn. Uh, we're editing that now, so that'll be out on BBC One um, with Matt, of course, who played Simon. Um, and uh, um, and then yeah, I'll be sort of making some more sex education. Um, that's been pushed back as well, uh, probably until late summer. So we'll start then, and um, and that'll be out on Netflix next year. That's cool. what I'm up to at the moment. Yeah. Oh, pleased that you managed to get that finished just before the before the lockdown. Because you, all I hear at the moment are headlines about X film has been delayed indefinitely, Y TV show is put on hold. It's it's a bit of a nightmare at the moment. Yeah, there's been lots of really exciting um, pr- productions that have been halted. I know the new series of Inside Number Nine uh, was halted sort of three days in. Uh, uh, um, and the new back series was done three days before the end. Well, back actually, they didn't complete. They didn't complete back, so they've got to go back and, and finish it. My wife was actually a costume supervisor on back, um, and um, yeah, they they uh, they 
they couldn't complete it, so they had to stop twice. So they'll have to go back and shoot, reshoot, and get it finished somehow. So yeah, it's um, it's it's productions have been put on hold. You know, which finders was put on hold, which is a real shame. That's this Gibbons new show with Tim Key, um, Daisy May Cooper. That 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 looked amazing. Um, that they did one day on that. So it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of lots of um, it's thin content for a while, I think. Yeah, but then sure. but next year it'll be a carnival of um yeah <laughs> of, uh, of a plethora of shows so let's just hope it's it's constantly raining or something <laughs> yeah absolutely cool well thank you very much for for taking the the time to to have a chat with us all things peep show we we really really appreciate it oh it's my pleasure thanks for having me and uh yeah thanks for supporting and promoting the show absolutely thank you very much brilliant Thanks. Cheers, guys. Brilliant. Cheers. You too. Bye. 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 Well, there you go, then. That was our interview with the lovely Jim Howick, uh, about 45 minutes or so, and that was a a really good laugh. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's such a big fan of the show. He remembers so much of it so well, Um, and he's just just a, a brilliant guy. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, it's really funny talking to somebody who as a character you you don't like like gerard isn't gerard isn't a particularly likable character but jim is just absolutely fantastic and and was a real real pleasure to talk to yeah it's funny i think it's quite a lot of peep show characters where you i wouldn't say like you hate him but it's kind of those like you love to hate kind of things and i think jim even said that you know gerard bless him is a character that is just basically shat on the entire time he's there <laughs> but it's kind of i don't know I've, I've got a soft spot for gerard because i think you know i talked about in the the last few series where we've you know been analyzing episodes that gerard's been in and there there is a, a real tragedy there that you know the friendship that almost was you know if dobby hadn't existed um there was a chance that they they could have perhaps been good mates there but ultimately that was that lies in ruins under the <laughs> the rubble of what was Dobby Club. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, just want to say thank you to Jim for, for taking the time many months ago now. I should say we recorded that back in uh, in summer last year, uh, but we felt now was the, the right time to do it as, um, as we're heading into Series 8. And in the first episode, unfortunately, we're going to be saying goodbye to Gerard. Um, so it, yeah, it feels like a good time to sort of celebrate Gerard, talk about him, what makes him tick, how he fits in in the peep show universe and sort of go over his highlights really because he's um he's certainly you know made a great impression on the show um and and testament to jim as well because he said you know he wasn't quite sure if he was going to be just a one-off and he was so grateful for you know just being able to work at all on his favorite show and um and then he, he really made something of it yeah and i've got this sort of <laughs> this image of of jim listening to this podcast sitting at home and going Oh shit! Yeah, I spoke to them, didn't I? Like, yeah. it's such a long time since we did the interview. I can imagine he might have forgotten that he ever spoke to us. So, um, Jim, if you are listening, big shout out to 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 you for giving us the time. Um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as as we did. Um, and yeah, it's just been absolutely brilliant. Cool. Well, that is about it then for this episode. We are yeah, we're still on our break before series eight, as we said. And we've got one more episode 
uh, to come before uh, we start Series A, hopefully in the, the spring, pending, you know, lockdown, relaxations and things. Rob and I are hoping to record uh, in person as we, we head into the final two series. Uh, but we will be taking a look back at the last three series we've reviewed, which is uh, five, six and seven. Uh, with some of our listeners, some of the, the our patrons who um, qualify for like a guest appearance, um, so we're going to be doing sort of a, a phone-in special, um, and we're going to be talking about those episodes with some of you, which uh, I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I've started sort of compiling my list. We're we're recording this episode um, the week before we're recording the the Patreon episode, so I've started to compile my list of. Um, my favorites um and it's proven quite difficult i've asked the the patrons just to do their top three i'm trying to give uh, almost a full comprehensive list for myself and it's proving incredibly incredibly hard so make sure you listen to that episode and and see i'm 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 gonna get the feeling that i think a lot of people might have quite similar top threes i feel like me and you might differ quite a lot if we do a full rundown of the full 18 episodes but i feel like a lot of people might have quite similar top threes yeah that'll be interesting i think because we've opened up to three series rather than two which is what our normal format is i think i'm hoping that will create a bit of diversity in there um because well yeah i'm hoping we don't talk about the same three episodes for like an hour and a half because that might not be quite as interesting so i'm i'm hoping by introducing more episodes into the discussion we'll get a bit of you know a bit of extra flavor hopefully a bit of debate um and discuss yeah why we think because so, so, you know we've got quite a few you know different tastes and things a lot of episodes that fans have shouted out in emails and stuff to us and i thought oh okay that wasn't you know in my top 10 at all but it's sometimes you know some people's absolute favorite so hopefully that'll be an interesting discussion which is absolutely you know the reason why we're doing it we want to hear more from you guys um and and open up those discussions so yeah, it will be interesting to see if there's a, a you know, particular favouritism of Series 7, which I think we sort of agreed as we were reviewing it was a particular highlight for, you know, sort of like hitting that Series 4 standard. Um, so I've, I'm anticipating perhaps there'll be a slight bias towards that series, but um, I'm, I'm hoping we'll get a nice mix. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're wanting to listen to that episode um, or if you're wanting to share your own thoughts send us an email uh, on Twitter. We're at Podcast Pharaohs. On Facebook, just by searching for Podcast Secrets to Pharaohs. Um, Instagram is at Podcast Secrets to Pharaohs. Um, let us know what you think. Let us know what you've thought of this episode. Uh, give us a little review on the Apple Podcasts app if you get the chance. Um, and yeah, just keep tuning into our social media channels because there's always sort of new stuff we've got in the pipeline, new stuff going on fantastic memes that i'm posting <laughs> um and yeah all of that good stuff yeah absolutely as rob said particularly those reviews um if you haven't reviewed already and you're on sort of apple podcasts or whatever itunes um, then please do because that helps the shows uh, promote their our visibility which is really really helpful and it only takes about 10 seconds so i like to drum up 
you know, bang the drum a bit more in episodes like these because, you know, Jim's a, a fantastic get for us. So if you enjoy these sort of, you know, special interviews with some of the, the big cast members, then please do drop us a review or just a rating um, and, and let us know what you, what you like and um, and who you might want to see next because, you know, there's, there's still a few names out there that we, we'll hope to get one day. Um, so let us know uh, who you would like. But I think that uh, I think that wraps things up for us, then, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Uh, big shout out to Jim once again. Big thanks to everyone who listens every week. Big shout out to our patrons. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm buzzing to buzzing to be back. Absolutely. Yep. So we'll see you next time for our um, series five, six, and seven rankings with some of you lovely bunch as well. And then um, yeah, hopefully we'll be back for series eight in the spring. Cool. All right, then we will see you next time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye.